Welcome to Radio Finance, the podcast that helps you understand the transformative developments taking place in the world today. Good morning and good afternoon and uh, even good evening for uh, for all our guests as well as our audience uh, who are joining us all across Asia and outside of Asia. Welcome to this Radio Finance Virtual Dialogue on driving real-time data from cloud to edge computing. Today, we'll be discussing this emerging and potentially transformative technology or IT architecture called edge computing. It is defined as infrastructure and software that is physically separate from but connected to enterprise core IT assets by shared fiber or wireless networks. It's quite a long definition. It is a family of technologies that distribute application data and services where they can best optimize outcomes in a growing set of location and connected assets. We will explore how the financial services industry is deploying edge computing to redefine low data latency for real-time insights and how the industry is grappling with the challenges and opportunities of this nascent edge solution to digitally transform the industry at scale. I'm very happy uh, for this discussion to be joined by a panel of highly experienced technology practitioners and experts. We have Colin Dean, who is the Chief Information Technology and Digital Transformation Officer at Vietnam-based Vietcom Bank. Michelle Polino, Principal Analyst at Forrester. Suprianto Suprianto, he's the senior vice president responsible for strategic architecture and planning at Indonesia-based pawn brokering uh, company called PT Pergadayan, which is also a subsidiary of uh, one of the country's largest state-owned banks, Bank Rakyat Indonesia. Brandon Ko, head of technical pre-sales for Asia Pacific and Japan territories at Intel. And finally, Andrea Spanner, Chief Architect for Australia and New Zealand at Red Hat. The focus of my research is on edge computing and Internet of Things solutions and looking at the ways that those types of technologies are powering transformation amongst enterprises across a variety of different industries. But at Forrester, we define edge computing as a family of technologies that can be hardware, software, different kinds of infrastructure elements and applications that distribute data and services where they best optimize outcomes in various different locations and in many different types of connected assets. And as we move into the age of edge computing, um, this is where systems are optimized for local localized operations and global efficiency. So you're getting the best of both worlds as we get into the edge evolution. You may have many hybrid deployments where organizations need both of these types of deployment efforts for IoT, for more localized types of environments and fragmented devices, as well as cloud solutions for global distribution and deployment of these solutions and the insight and the data that's being captured from them. Uh, share with us your take of how transformative you think this technology is. Michelle shared that it is poised to challenge cloud. And we know that you know, we have somewhat of a long and fraught journey uh, with the implementation of cloud. How similar or different 
will it be with edge computing? It's a reinvention of an old model. The old model was used to be called distributed processing or distributed compute. Uh, and it was there a long time ago because we didn't have good networks. And Michelle is quite right. The more network capacity we've grown, the more capability we've got, we've actually driven more to centralized models. Now, with the reinvention or the advancements that we've made in technology, we can do a lot more in relation to the edge to save ourselves a lot of, should we say, um, network capacity, a lot more interaction with our customers, um, basically using you know the edge technologies and we're all doing it we just don't even realize it on occasion it doesn't have to have a label of edge you know yeah, most exactly. banks and organizations are already using tablets uh they're, they're, they're doing local you know calculations assessments using ais within the tablets or within the smartphones to be able to do it um mm -hmm. if yeah. you look at it the more you expand your attack service the more prone you are to you know an attack and i think it's really important that we really understand that so for me edge is there we've been using it we just don't label it that way we've got to look at the financial viability what can we do we've got to look at the security we've got to look at the overall performance and how does it transform from a banking point of view or customer experience and you have implemented kind of an edge uh, enabled uh, uh, or software enabled wide area network um, over there. Uh, could you share more uh, in terms of how you are deploying that? And also talk about some of the concerns that uh, Colin raised in terms of how do you make it secure? We uh, have been called uh, uh, services start from 1901. So, uh, I think more than one uh, hundred twenty years uh, services in Indonesia. Uh, our customer uh, around about uh, uh, twenty million, and uh, our branches uh, services are uh, more than four thousand branches. So this is our sales. Currently, we transform from traditional financial services to modern, I think uh, we call modern uh, services because uh, three years ago, we just have uh, uh, pawn services. Uh, maybe in another company, pawn services, non-formal financial services, but in Indonesia, is a uh, uh, formal financial services. Related to the technology, we, we currently uh, move from uh, start using the cloud services uh, and we build the application based on cloud native uh, application. Now, I'd like to hear from Redhead uh, Andreas in terms of uh, what you've observed around the region in, in the implementation of uh, Edge. Uh, around the environment. The lowest common denominator is really that consistent operating model from core to edge to cloud, because that not only allows you to uh, reuse your skills and your workforce, it also allows you to basically have a consistent security posture and supply chain um, for all your, your workloads, uh, right? Brendan, if you could uh, yeah, give us your take on. Yeah. And then if you look at it from a networking standpoint, um, the ability to connect to a remote location to provide banking services for the un, uh, uh, un, uh, for the rest of the population, as an example, right? So 
uh, those edge systems are now um, having capabilities like um, SD-WAN as what Suprianto call out, mm. and as well as uh, you know having some um, ability to connect back to the network over 5G, as an example, right? And you know with the increase of uh, compute that is available to the edge computing system, now there are multiple types of um, you know, business insights that can happen, right? So think about it from an aspect of, um, you know, AI use cases like people counting, uh, customer profiling, VIP mm -hmm. recognition, right? So yep. uh, behavior alerts, like, uh, uh, and then a new uh, experiences such as uh, uh, avatars, uh, speech translation, you know, things like that. And uh, lastly, on, on Another part of age that I see uh, is uh, happening in terms of content delivery as well. Content is not necessarily just, um, you know, media like advertisements. It could be web um, applications as well. So CDN, right? So, and that is usually happening in, uh, you know, CDN networks or at the telco. And this really provides, uh, you know, a very, uh, responsive access to, you know, uh, uh, business applications by the consumers. Uh, I'd like to also, uh, Brandon, to comment on that uh, in terms of implementation that you see uh, more specifically uh, in Asia around the region, uh, the, the best practice and, you know, and how much of an advantage does it give to, you know, uh, institutions that have gone ahead and, you know, done more kind of more strategically implemented uh, edge? and how uh, do they further optimize and leverage it? Low latency is very, very business critical, right? So if we look at um, a delay of less than 100 milliseconds feels like in an instant to the user, but anything above that is perceptible. You can feel it. And anything beyond that is just plain painful in terms of user experience, right? So. So that, that's why edge computing is so critical uh, to, to business operations. But to processes that runs on um, edge computing, so think you know, AI security systems, for example, mm -hmm. right? Whereby you know, one millisecond will lead to loss of frames and that will lead to incorrect uh, classification of people behavior, as an example, right? So, that's why uh, there is just this debate around, you know, should you run AI in a more centralized manner or you, should you run in a distributed manner? In some AI use cases, uh, as we discussed, I think it makes sense to be, uh, be implemented on the edge computing. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, uh, in, in the last 40, 15 minutes, talk about how edge is uh, being uh, considered by financial institutions um, in this part of the world, in the Asia Pacific, how you know, it is part of uh, a, a continuum, a part of the existing IT operating uh, uh, environment, uh, the edge core and the cloud, um, uh, how financial institutions uh, should look at optimizing uh, and establishing more of a hybrid uh, to enable kind of local uh, optimization and global efficiency uh, with uh, a consistent operating model that uh, includes you know, uh, edge and its new 
computing capabilities in terms of low latency and real time, how that brings benefit uh, to uh, customers in terms of their experience and in terms of implementation, how important it is uh, to get a partner who uh, can bring some of the uh, kind of more differentiated uh, implementation uh, uh, experience uh, to bear. Um, so it's it's been a uh, a good eye-opening session uh, as we introduce this uh, topic uh, to the industry, um, and we want to thank uh, Michelle from uh, Forrester, uh, Suprianto from Pagadian, uh, uh, Andreas uh, from Raidhead, and Brendan from Intel, as well as Colin from Backcom Bank for your very interesting and thought-provoking comments. Thank you for listening to Radio Finance. For more content, visit the Asian Banker website and follow us on social media.